When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is December 10th, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and tonight, joined by Christy Olson, Jimmy Corderas, to talk about SmackDown and Rampage, a great night for wrestling, a lot of news to talk about, a lot of stuff to get into. Now, of course, you know Christy uh, from her time in uh, NXT doing backstage interviews, and Jimmy from his time in WWE as a referee, and uh, so glad to have you both here tonight. This is going to be an all-new, all-different edition of the Wink Podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, I, I was going to say us, Jimmy, but I didn't want to speak for both of us. <laughs> I'm happy to be here with the two of you. And um, I feel like there's a lot to talk about, as you said, Glenn. Yeah, an eventful Friday, right? Uh, there's a lot of news. I know there's stuff to get into. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the top story before we uh, dive into the shows, uh, Jeff Hardy, released by WWE, uh, Scoop Broken, um uh last night came out there's uh talk about that he was offered help and rehab but the assistance was not accepted according to sean ross Sapp of fightful and uh said he was sent home from the road last weekend so you know i know a lot of people are just uh you know wishing him all the best he's got a ton of support um mm-hmm. christy do you to you first what's your reaction to this news Well, you know, not an incredible surprise, of course, but I think we're all wondering, and perhaps the talent is wondering too, where the line is with this kind of a thing. You know, this is not the first go around on this for for Jeff Hardy. Um, And even was it a year, not even two ago, they were using his troubles as a storyline with the whole DUI thing, you know, on SmackDown and everything. So I'm kind of wondering, as I'm sure everyone else is, is where's the line for them? What causes a release? When do they say it's time to go to rehab? You know, we saw uh, the Usos being very prominent tonight and they're they're not the only ones who have had similar issues like this mm. uh so what what broke what was the straw that broke the camel's back is my question i mean I, we saw we saw what happened at the live show you know of course but I, yeah. i'm sure it was like why why now why this time right jimmy no i i understand that that, that point of view but it, it's my understanding that he was asked or told to go to rehab to to address these, these issues Mm -hmm. that have been an issue in the past with him. And unfortunately I was there at the time when he's had these issues and, and don't get me wrong. I, I I think the world of Jeff Hardy, he's such a, he's such a good dude. I just hate to see this happen to someone that is such a good guy. You know what I mean? But I think of his health and well being first and foremost. And, you know, I know the WWE takes a lot of heat for this, but at the same time, they are looking out for their best interest and they are, technically looking out for the talent's best interest as well. Cause uh, again, not to make this about me. I remember when, when I left WWE back in the day, uh, they sent me a letter 
that if I ever needed any assistance in that area where, uh, whether it was rehab or, or some substance abuse problems that I needed uh, counseling on or anything like that, they would gladly send me somewhere and pay for it. And I know, uh, according to the story, that they wanted Jeff to go and seek out help, and he refused it. And that probably was that line that you're talking about, Christy, where they said, okay, you know, maybe we have to part ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And and Christy, to your point, I mean, they they I feel like they come back to this repeatedly in storylines. I mean, we, we were talking about this in very cynical terms a few weeks ago when he was, you know, every time he gets into a new feud, you're just sort of waiting for his opponent to make some not so thinly veiled reference to his demons. And um, no, I mean, we just wish him all the best. And I hope I hope he's in a good place and can get, uh, you know, if he, if he needs help, indeed, that I hope he can get the help that he needs. Um, yeah. We also have a new story. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I was happy to hear from his wife. Uh, I think, you know, her statement on Twitter was very short, but sweet. Let us know what was going on and kind of let us know that that was all we needed to know. And it's not our business beyond that. And um, Mm -hmm. that's a a good reminder for someone like me who who really wants to know all the little things that are going on. So um, I I saw you, I I hear you, Mrs. Hardy, and um, we'll just wait on you to let us know what else is going on. Perfect. Well said. It's, It's the hardest thing in this all access environment we live in right now to sometimes know that there are going to be things we aren't going to be able to know. We shouldn't know. And we have to respect not knowing. And I think, yeah. um, you know, it's the important thing is when fans uh, and, and those in the media can respect that boundary. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little peek behind the curtain to see what's going on and stuff like that. But sometimes uh, whether I, I don't want to put the blame on media or, or fans completely, but sometimes, media and fans want to tear that wall down and see, you know, see how the sausage is made. And sometimes you're better off not knowing. Absolutely. Uh, Well, other end of that spectrum, Chris Jericho uh, has released a statement that after his hospitalization in the UK, that he is feeling good and he was just there for observation. He was in the right place and he wanted to make it very clear, not COVID related. Of course, this came on Mm -hmm. Fozzie's UK tour. Uh, He missed dynamite. Um, the last uh, or this past week as a result of this tour. So uh, they're, you know, wrestling Inc. will obviously have more details as that comes uh, details come to light, but I mean, it kind of speaks to what we're talking about, right? It's, it's like you almost have to issue a step because in some cases people will just speculate endlessly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, we, we, ahead, hear Rockstar, we hear Rockstar on the road has to be hospitalized. And I think we all know what everybody's first thought is, right? You know, he's there to maybe get a little rehydration, a little stomach mm. pumping, whatever it may be. That's pure speculation. And of course, Chris doesn't have, um, you know, quite the history that some other rock <laughs> yeah, stars sorry. have in that regard. Um, but yeah, you're right. Again, we, we want to know all the details. I think Chris could play this up a little better. Uh, you know, like, like, let us know. Hey, you know, I had a, I'm a wrestler. I'm a rock star. I had a rough night. Like, give me a break. I don't have COVID. I'll be at the sold out show again tomorrow. You know, I'm surprised he's not taking that angle. Yeah, I am a little bit too. But at the same time, it, it's, it's all the timing of this is going on. It's, it, you know, at the same time as the Jeff Hardy thing. So like you said, that rock star lifestyle and the wrestling lifestyle is not that much different from that rock star lifestyle. Trust me, I've seen, <laughs> uh, I could write a book about it. But anyway, uh, you know, and the timing of it all, like I said, uh, you know, uh, thank God it's not COVID related and, and it's nothing serious for Chris. But um Again, thoughts start running through your mind. You hear about what's going on in the Jeff situation and you start thinking, okay, he's on the road. He's overseas. What's going on? 
is he overdoing it? You know, which can't happen, you know, but glad he's all right. Again, seems to be okay. And, uh, you know, making music again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I see some of the fans in the chat saying that um, they are surprised that he's not turning it into an angle that he's having issues after that attack from 2.0 that oh, we saw yeah. on TV. Um, but you know what? I think that's maybe a very fine line where if he, if there's any chance that he'll maybe miss concerts that are sold out that a lot of people paid a lot of money to be at, those people might feel slighted if they feel like, oh, they missed their opportunity to see him live because of some wrestling storyline. You know, and mm-hmm. we know that that wouldn't necessarily be the case. So maybe that's a little bit more of an even more dangerous line than you know the rock star gimmick yeah i just remember being at um there's supposed to be a live talk is jericho the day after double or nothing at starcast and chris did not show and sent like the message i'm not showing until the AEW fan base acknowledges me and i was sitting in a packed ballroom of pissed off people that were like he's gonna show up right like we're just gonna wait here and then he's gonna show we're gonna get angry and then he's gonna show up right and he just never showed <laughs> the, well, I, that's I Chris. Remember that. Yeah. Well, I'll it's tell you. So weird though. I'll tell you what. If anybody can get away with it, Chris can get away with it because you know he he marches to the beat of his own drum at times, and and this that was definitely an example of it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, so we were talking about this the other night with his exit from NXT, the attack mm-hmm. from Grayson Waller's farewell speech, and his contract is expired. Fightful Select has confirmed that he's now a free agent and uh, mm-hmm. was not re-signing with WWE, but of course there are hopes within NXT that uh, he might come back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, to you first. Uh, how are you feeling about Johnny Gargano's prospects right now and opportunities? Oh, Johnny Gargano is awesome. Whatever he does, whether it's on the stick or in the ring, he he's one of those guys that gets it, that it's, that it's much more than what you do in the ring. It's how you present yourself and getting people invested in what you do and what you say. And, and he gets that. And I know one of the biggest knocks against him being in the WWE, he's not, a, he, he doesn't have the size of what, what, what is perceived to be a WWE um, superstar, so to speak. Oh, they prefer the bigger guys and stuff like that. But at the same time, you get guys like Johnny Gargano. I see, they lost Adam Cole, who a lot of people compared to Shawn Michaels. I look at Johnny Gargano as this this generation's version of Rey Mysterio. He can be this generation's version of Rey Mysterio, where mm-hmm. size doesn't matter with this guy because people like him. People want to get behind him or people want to boo him. He does everything, whether it's a baby face, whether it's a heel, he knows how to do it. He he, he learned his craft well and and the sky's the limit for him, whatever he decides. And I love the way they went off with the question mark so if he does decide down the road that he wants to resign with wwe there's a built-in rivalry right there for him but if he doesn't resign with wwe and tends to go elsewhere wherever that may be whether it is aew or 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 wherever now you can build that person in 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 nxt that took him out i'm the guy that took out johnny wrestling yeah you know so so it's it's kind of like a win-win for wwe in kind of a sense but Mm -hmm. i i just hope he takes a little time Spends it with Candice because they have the baby coming soon. And sometimes we forget that they are people first. (laughs) Yes. So Christy, uh, he launched, of course, the prerequisite pro wrestling tea store without missing a beat. What do you think is uh, next for Johnny? 
Uh, well, you know, I think it would be very smart for him to position himself as a personality online. He could make a lot of money hawking products. You know, that's mm. something that fans may scoff at, but um, a, a YouTube series, of course, we expect him to be on Twitch like the other guys, whether he's a gamer or not. Uh, that platform is expanding into different things. There's a lot he could do there. And that's where I think that he will find quick success and be able to make a buck, you know, pretty quickly in addition to the pro wrestling tees. Now, that being said, you know, if, if WWE really had their eyes set on him or, or had thoughts about bringing him back, I would certainly think that they would have just ponied up the money to make him stay. Right. So I, you know, I doubt that's really on anyone's radar right now. And to be honest with you, I see Johnny's strength really as working with younger talent. You know, you, Jimmy made the point that people really care about him and what he says. And where I've seen that be the most valuable down at NXT was in him putting over other stars. Mm. Um, and he's not really in the position to do that if he goes somewhere and, and is the new guy. Uh, that being said, it also feels like we saw all of Johnny Gargano at NXT, right? What did he not do? Mm. You know, what rivalry did he not have? Heel, face, you know, all this stuff with Tommaso. And, and it, it just feels like I don't know what else I really need or want to see from him. So I think he needs to get creative, but I think that he will. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about SmackDown tonight. And of course, we opened with a graphic in memory of WWE Hall of Famer Blackjack Lanza. And um, Jimmy, I know uh, you, you worked with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about your, your relationship. Oh, it, Jack, Jack was amazing. When I first started... Uh, working for the Toronto office up here with Jack Tunney, Jack Lanza was, was uh, one of Vince's right-hand men, him and Pat Patterson. So I, I got to know him quickly. And uh, for some reason he took a liking to me and, and kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And I learned so much from him I, sitting under his learning tree. And not only is he a legend, he was a mentor and he was a friend as well. And the thing about Jack Lanza is he not only respected the, the the business, he respected those in the business too, mm. and he showed that respect. And and if if you respected, uh, uh, if you showed that same love that he had, um, he loved you too. It, it, man, it's it. I hate. I, I wish I had better, more words to to say, but we lost a great one. He 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 was, um, like I said, a mentor and teacher, not just to me, but to so many guys mm -hmm. out there. And, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with his family and rest in power, uh, Jack, and uh, may his memory be eternal, as we say. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, opening tonight, we were in Los Angeles and opening with Sami Zayn in a wheelchair pushed out by nurses. We got a replay about how Brock Lesnar destroyed Sami Zayn last week, uh, right before his match with Roman Reigns where he was squashed and man they really let Sammy go tonight with this opening I mean we talk you know and speculate his contract I believe is coming up soon uh but Christy to you first does it seem to you like he's not going anywhere with this major tv time push he's being given <laughs> Um, yes, but look how quickly that has all changed in the past for him and more than once. Yeah. So I guess no, really. Uh, no, I, I'm always scared for Sammy just because he he's too brave. Um, he he just he has 
things that are important to him in life beyond being a WWE superstar. And I, I just think that if the opportunity isn't right for him, he's fine, you know, ducking out of there too. And, and they're fine with him with that happening. So I just, no, no, I, I don't think Sammy is ever safe, unfortunately. Jimmy, what do you think about the stage of his career that he's in right now? It's an interesting stage because you, you talk about guys and everybody talks about, oh, is he over with the audience? Is, is he going to get to that next level? Is he going to be an upper tier superstar? Is he going to be middle of the road? Is, it, is he a guy that's going to be used to get other people over? Sammy is all of the above. Yeah. Because no matter what he does, the crowd is behind him. And he showed that tonight because once he, every time he speaks, people are engaged. And, and you know, we talk about this. Uh, scripted promo versus them going out there and doing their own thing. Sammy just feels authentic, regardless of whether the words are handed to him or not. It feels like Sammy is yeah. with Sammy out there in the ring. And that's why people are, 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 I think, invested in him. And this was crazy tonight that, I mean, just think about this segment. I mean, even reading it back on paper, it's hard mm -hmm. to believe that we saw this. <laughs> we had Paul Heyman come out and accuse Sammy of stealing his people's shtick with his uh, threats of uh, legal action and whatnot, which is funny to me because uh, my, my dad's a rabbi and we've watched wrestling together and he's like, oh, Sammy's like, like East Coast Jew, right? And I'm like, no, he's a French Canadian Muslim of Syrian descent. Couldn't be, you know further mm -hmm. uh but uh I, I thought this was great and then brock lester coming out in overalls you know and getting into it and talking with sammy i mean when brock doesn't care and just gets weird with it i mean to me this is tv gold uh christy what did you what did you think about how they're keeping this going tonight with roman being absent this week Brock is having so much fun. And I think that's part of why WWE want creative wants to keep it going because yeah. you're right. We don't, we don't get this Brock a lot. He's relaxed. He's into it. And then going back to Sammy, if Brock is into what Sammy is doing, then we can certainly all get on board with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, he also seems to be having so much fun with the look. I don't know if he wasn't expecting the reaction to the hair when he first came back and now he's just kind of playing with us. He should have expected that reaction because <laughs> he looks ridiculous. Um, but he seems to just be enjoying that so much. Like, what are people going to say? Hey, uh, tonight flannel, tomorrow overalls. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, this, this is him having fun and still being dangerous. And yeah. that's where he should be. No, I to uh, no, I totally agree with that. My only issue was I thought that opening segment, uh, if I could be nitpicky right now, felt like it went maybe a little bit too long, because look, I was enjoying, like you said, Chrissy, that this this different Brock Lesnar, the side of him that we haven't seen before, and I'm finding it engaging. I like seeing some character coming out of him, except instead of just being the guy who comes to the ring and beats everybody's ass. You know what I mean? That yeah. sort of thing. I like seeing a little bit of person, him having fun and you can tell that he's having fun doing it. But at the same time, I'm listening to the audience too. And I wasn't hearing the feedback from the audience. And that's what, you know, is the biggest gauge for me is you get that immediate feedback. They certainly didn't feel like they were buying in tonight for some reason. And maybe it was because the segment was a little bit longer than I think it needed to be. Yeah, well, well, keep in mind, too, that people in L.A. are always freaking late and that there was probably only like half the audience there right there at the top of the show. So that could be part of it as well. Traffic. And, and yes. And also talking about hair kind of doesn't sit well with me right now. It's OK. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 
I've, I've come to terms with this a long time ago. <laughs> well, I'm sure you tried all the styles too, Jimmy, but you could probably pull them off a little better than Brooke. Well, as someone who started off his career in a frullet, as Edge likes to call it, uh, <laughs> you know, this ain't so bad. <laughs> so, of course, this ended up with Brock uh, beating up Sammy once again with the wheelchair flying. Yeah. I mean, it's formulaic, but I think this made it for, for good TV. Um, we all kind of knew where it was going. Um, uh, quickly, Jackson Callens with the 499 Super Chats and sending Raj super money so he can say hi to freaking Jimmy. There you go. Yeah. Hello. Right. Hey. Thanks, Thanks for, Jackson. Thank you, Jackson, for reaching out. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we had Los Lotharios versus Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura in a match that didn't even really get going. Um, Jimmy, let me ask you this first. Uh, how do you think this pairing with Shinsuke and Boogs is, is faring now? I mean, doesn't it seem like Rick is almost upstaging Shinsuke repeatedly now with his audience reactions he's getting? Yeah, I think so. I, I agree with that comment. I, it's just, it, it's it's weird. I wanted to see where this is, was going to lead. And I think that's exactly the problem now is that he's upstaging him. And it's almost like, okay, where do we go from here? Maybe he needs to turn heel and turn on Shinsuke at this yeah. point to, to, to make this a little bit more um, engaging for yeah. lack of a better term, because you look at the other side, who, who, who is, who is there that's a challenger for the intercontinental championship right now? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. No, and what, what do you think, Christy, about that? I mean, with Shinsuke, it feels like he's, he's really taken a back seat in recent months. It does. Just the idea that he has anyone coming out with him all the time sort of gives the idea that they think he needs someone. Shinsuke doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need a manager. Yeah. He doesn't need a valet. He doesn't need a guitarist. You know, he doesn't yeah. need a tag team partner. And just them kind of continuing to give us that. I thought this was going to end a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I certainly see the same ending for it, Glenn, as you do uh, with a heel turn. And, and I think it's time. Also, just to say about this match, this did not make the Lotharios look strong in any way, no. shape, or form. They could have gotten a teeny bit of offense in here. You know, the, the timing on this whole show was a little off. Like you said, first uh, segment seemed a little long. Others did not get the time that they deserved. And um, this one, it, give them another 30 seconds so that the Lotharios could have come out of this looking a little less weak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and it's odd because with Los Lotharios, it's this is one of those almost phantom, half-hearted pushes that they do where we're giving the matches in TV time, but we're not getting vignettes, we're not getting promos, we're not. Mm. I feel like the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits like got, you know, like an entire like Game of Thrones style season of vignettes compared mm. to what Los Lotharios have gotten. So it's hard to take it seriously. No, exactly. And and not to to draw comparisons here, is it's one of the reasons why I think people are having an issue with NXT right now because we're seeing all these uh, new talents being introduced without, yeah. being, without, without seeing these vignettes and being introduced to who they were, are before we see them on television, so to speak, in a, in a match. And uh, uh, didn't they, before the before the tag match tonight, didn't they say that the, they were undefeated until tonight or something like that? And then they lost in like three minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> Which would make perfect sense. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that, but they need something. They feel like one of those tag teams that's just two single stars that they want to put on TV but don't know what to do with, and there isn't room for them in the singles picture. So mm -hmm. this is how we get them on TV. Um, and again, it's just not making either of them you know, stand out or, or be strong. Yeah. 
And this is what makes this interesting, that they gave Xavier Woods a new crown tonight and an unveiling ceremony after, of course, Roman and the Usos just like destroyed his last King of the Ring mm-hmm. crown, uh, which feels like forever ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I guess we have to talk about this with everything that he's doing with G4 and Nickelodeon. Uh, Chrissy, do you first, does this almost feel like WWE is, is sort of reminding him, hey, you're really important to us and we'd really like you to stick around for a while? Yes, they also see the value in the tie-ins with G4, Nickelodeon, Mm -hmm. gaming, you know, all that action figures, all that is just money in the bank and appealing to kids at Christmas time. He, Xavier Woods is money to them and they give time and attention to people who are money. So Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, as much as he's earned it, let's not give them too much credit on this. (laughs) That being said, he deserved this kind of ceremony, this storyline going throughout the evening. The crown is awesome. Mm-hmm. Even though it looks exactly like Princess Peach's crown, um, I love Princess <laughs> Peach, so I I think that's totally okay. Whatever they do to make those gems look like it looks like it's in a video game. We look like we're looking at real TV, and then the crown is video game uh, yeah. graphic, and and I think that is just going to serve them and him very well. You know, we still aren't quite sure what's going on with up up down down. I'm sure there's probably some sort of maybe negotiations going on right now. Maybe that's mm. part of this push that he's getting um, is appeasement, appeasing mm. uh, to appease him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it makes sense. Uh, and Jimmy, uh, to that end, um, what did you think about this idea tonight that they're doing this triple threat? I mean, literally saying we want to see who the best tag team in WWE is. They use this as a launch uh, to really set up tonight with RK Bro coming over from Raw, and then we're going to have uh, the Usos in the New Day. I, I don't mind the idea of saying which is the best tag team, but at the same time, you have two tag team. You have the tag team champs from SmackDown, you have the tag team champs from Raw, and you've got the New Day who. I, I guess they were ranked number one in the top 50 tag teams on, hmm. on WWE network. So I and, get the and long, longest reigning tag champions as well. Yes. Yes. So you, I get the tie in, but at the same time, having a non-champion team win your best tag team kind of diminishes the tag titles in a sense. Like, you know, like if you're the best team, then you should be having some belts around your waist. Hmm. Anyways, I'm 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 trying to think of this from from that aspect, but at the same time, you know, like you said, Chrissy, it was probably a little bit of an appeasement, a little bit of everything. <laughs> and look, uh, I I have a soft spot for Kofi because Kofi, uh, I saw Kofi from day one, so Kofi's such a good dude. And 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 uh, Xavier Woods is money. Let's just put it that way. Oh yeah, at everything he touches, he, he's just gold. I mean, I'll tell you, in the last three years, even if I don't know who the tag team champions are, I feel like you could say the Usos are the New Day, and most people would probably agree with you because that just sounds like who the champs are at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Chances I mean, are you'll probably be right. <laughs> you'll probably you be right. Yeah. Uh, we had Drew McIntyre backstage putting his sword through Adam Pierce's desk. <sighs> Anytime the they over? do... Oh, <laughs> just a little bit. Wait, is it... Is it Angela or Angie? Pardon me for not for not knowing. Um, but you know, anytime they do this, my first reaction, there's a little suspension of disbelief here, or a little lack of that, because anytime they do something like that, I'm like, oh, what if it didn't go right? Live TV, what if that thing would have just snapped and not made a one little dent in the desk? And you just go, oh my God. Like you just feel the air in the room, like everybody's going, oh, thank God. You yeah. know, it came off. We, we pulled it off. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's when you think maybe that was a pre-tape segment, just in case something oh, like yeah. you said does. Go. What happens if the desk ends up breaking in half, so to speak, or something like that? But uh, it, it, it worked. It worked out at least. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> now I'm just thinking there's an outtake somewhere of like yeah. you know the sword like bouncing off the desk and hitting Adam Pierce in the face or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But no, it was a good it was a good uh, moment and. Uh, <sighs> Baron Corbin and Mad Cat, or Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Suck. Oh my goodness! I've been very critical of Mad Cat Moss in this thing, but the thing with them, like just sneaking off with the desk with the sword in it, was so just like out of like a '90s like Beavis and Butthead cartoon that it made me laugh. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, it, see, comedy and wrestling has to make you laugh. It, it, you're not supposed to go, oh boy. But then again, sometimes it's okay to go. Oh my goodness! You know it's 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 wrestling or sports entertainment. Sorry. <laughs> well, and it's such a far cry from Riddick Moss and everything we saw him do with Tino down at NXT. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just enjoying seeing him. Like it's a surprise. This is how he made his way to the main roster. Um, I just can't quite ever get over it. But then he's pulling it off every week, and this seems like a great pairing. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm wondering where it'll go. I, I fear that uh, ha- Mad Cat Moss is just being used as sort of a little pawn, you know, until mm. Baron, I don't know, gets mad again <laughs> or whatever it is. And then we'll, we'll see where he goes from there. But um, as of now, yeah, this is, it's got my attention. Then wheeling off the desk. Mm. Yeah. It's Deadpool party in the chat saying it's very Jane silent Bobbish. It was, yes. I, th- I think it's the funniest thing they've actually done together yeah. in the, since in this pairing. Um <laughs> But uh, let's talk about this match with Drew McIntyre beating Sheamus. But, I mean, they got a lot of time to really go here. I mean, Jimmy, what did you think of of this match? No, I enjoyed the match. These guys have the chemistry. You know what I mean? This isn't the first time we've seen them in the ring together. And they just mesh well. They tell good stories. It's very physical. That's for sure. That's one of those matches where we'll go out there and we'll apologize after. You know know what I mean? That kind of thing. But they always put it on. They put on good shows. And I love the fact that the the Claymore tonight wasn't wasn't like you normally see it coming. It it almost felt like it was out of nowhere. It was a little bit different. And I enjoyed that too. But uh, I thought they had a heck of a match. And I'm not surprised by it. It's just, again, people are probably saying, what? Seamus and Drew again? It's okay. (laughs) They have good matches. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. There are very few superstars I feel like they could put out together with very little story and we'd be invested in it. You know, they had a little scuffle from last week in the Battle Royale and that whole thing, but it's not like this is a feud that has been raging for months. Mm -hmm. And yet we still, like you say, we want to sit and watch, you know, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. We know it's going to be hard hitting. We know what to expect. We know it's going to be good. Um, So yeah, even, even lack of story aside, this one was great. And with the fake out, with the finisher uh, where Mm -hmm. he was going to use the other one and then yeah, it did make the Claymore a surprise tonight. And that's something that's important, too, to continue to highlight that finish. It's not just becoming run of the mill, you know? Yeah. Um, so after this, we had the long-awaited one-on-one matchup between Sonya Deville and Naomi. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, as expected, uh, Sonya... Had some things uh, stacked in her favor uh, mm-hmm. tonight with Natalia as the guest ring announcer, Shayna Baszler as the guest timekeeper. Mm-hmm. So he did come out in her gear mm-hmm. uh, to have a match. And uh, really, as this got going, I mean, before it really, really got going, um, uh, when Naomi was surrounded, Zia Lee finally made her debut mm-hmm. with 
graphics using the uh, the screen behind her, using the augmented reality 3D graphics over her for this almost Dragon Ball Z style entrance that mm. literally, I mean, I watched this on loop probably 30 times and <laughs> I was so, in, I want to get your reactions, but I just, I just need to say like, I was so impressed with this, but then at the same time also angry where I was like, you could do this this whole time and you didn't think to do this before tonight. <laughs> I no, think they yeah. were saving it for Zaya, yeah. and I think that was a great choice. Yeah. Um, you know, they say that the best characters are the the per, the the person's everyday personality amped up, ramped up to a hundred million. That is Zaya Lee. Yeah. She is this character that we are seeing. That entrance is her. That's perfect for her. And the second it started, I was like, "Oh, people are gonna love this." Mm. I'm not surprised to hear that you played it on loop, you know, thirty different times. And they've gotten so cool and so creative with their graphics since they were in the Thunderdome and all of yeah. that. That mm. it's almost like we've gotten to the point where we're taking that stuff for granted now. But it's important to still make those entrances huge even though there isn't not everybody getting a ton of pyro and all of that this was something different that made you stop from hitting that fast forward button through an entrance which is what we do a lot of times right Jimmy? Mm -hmm. no absolutely and and here's the thing uh the challenge now is because this got over so huge and it was so creative and it looked so good that they continue to keep it special Instead yeah, of yes. saying, oh, we did it for Zaya Lee. It got over so well. Maybe we could do something for so-and-so. We could do this for this. Or we could... No. Yes, I, I get you're going to want to expand this technology and, and use it more. But the more special it is with the fewer people you use it mm -hmm. with, the more, the more it means to, to us as fans. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, I think we all knew at the top of this match that we weren't going to get, you know, Naomi versus Sonia. That wasn't going to happen. But right. this was a great surprise. This was a good way to bring Zaya out and introduce her mm -hmm. with all the other women. She got a chance to shine a little bit. You saw that she has this legitimate uh, martial arts background and that mm -hmm. it all matched, right? All the pieces, the entrance, and then what she did in the ring, it all came together. We know who she is now. And they did it in very little time. This was all rushed. There was a lot of story here, you know, even with Shayna and Natty at the beginning this could have used another five minutes and and the women could have would would have done what they should with that five minutes they know what to do right no, no, agreed. agreed now something that i feel like i need to voice as mm -hmm. as literally for months now we've been just waiting for naomi to just whoop sonia deville uh in my dream scenario we get a two-hour smackdown that is literally just naomi like berating her and like beating her up and that's like the entire two hours because uh, I, I, you know, not since uh, I watched uh, uh, the film, uh, I care a lot if I wanted to see somebody just get it taken to them so bad. Um, but I worry with Zia Lee coming out and protecting Naomi, I am a little worried that Naomi's going to get pushed to the side in what has been this very lengthy build where we have not gotten that payoff. Yeah, that's always the challenge in, in, in situations like this that someone ends up being forgotten in situations like this. And, and you're right. Naomi may exactly fall into that category, but at the same time, uh, she is so talented. I, 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 I think there's always going to be a place for her in the women's division. Somewhere, somewhere where she wants, she's not going to be like that. Oh, forgotten Naomi. She's going to be somewhere at least upper middle. Hmm. If that makes sense. I, at least that's where I see her being. But then again, you know, I don't have the pencil, so. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, you're right that this didn't do her any favors, especially after on um, the vignette that we got about Zia Lee last week. She was the defender of I don't I don't know. If she said the weak or the forget the exact word she used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it was not a defender of a superstar who could very easily defend herself <laughs> if she wasn't you know being attacked by four women. Uh, so I think you're you're onto something there, Glenn, in that it it isn't really a good look for Naomi when you think about it. It, it was great for great for Zaya. Great for Zaya. <laughs> fantastic debut one of the best debuts in recent memory uh probably in the the top five of the last five years and just in terms of memorable impactful i mean mm-hmm. and the crowd even live where i understand all the effects weren't popping the same way it was on tv the crowd seemed really into it as well mm-hmm. um but no i mean this was phenomenally entertaining i can't wait to see oh, what they do with saya from here oh, oh wait a minute how many vignettes did we see before we actually saw her debut i want to say four yeah. So also, also we were introduced to her prior to her showing up on television. Aha. <laughs> I see a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. And they were good. It wasn't uh, Shinsuke yeah. being compared to Michael Jackson or uh, painting like a blank canvas or. Right. Oh, there've been so many bad ones. In yeah, years. exactly. You know, um, but no, this this was really good. And uh, as Issa, uh, I'm sure, would say if she was here, is that it's going to turn out that Sonya Deville is the evil landlord's daughter. And that's why Zaya is uh, mm-hmm. getting her vengeance. Right. Um, but <laughs> this, I mean, like, seriously, if you didn't watch SmackDown tonight, just, just go watch that clip. Like, it was nope. so, so it. cool. So You'll cool. Uh, we have the cast of Jackass backstage. I don't know what could possibly be said about that um but uh, and oh, it made us feel old because yeah. i didn't even recognize those guys anymore and i don't know i'm like wait are there new ones and then i don't that was the weird part too is i was like, like <laughs> when did they bring in like jackass the next generation into this i remember when it was like the core of five guys or whatever you know i thought it was almost like right. jackass jackass the parents edition i yeah. don't know I, I, again yeah maybe feel old definitely <laughs> oh absolutely um so we had a. Sasha Banks backstage with Tony Storm, hyping her up. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was kind of cool how they're using Sasha to kind of like help continue to build Tony. Yeah. Cause you know, mm-hmm. Sasha is a superstar we know is very cognizant of her position. She wants to be, um, put in a position as the top superstar, even whether she has a championship or not. And she will let you know that. Right. So mm-hmm. what I liked about this with Tony was that it wasn't Sasha kicking ass. It wasn't her out there going, I can win in a match. It's her taking on the role of the mentor. She's yeah. the veteran in this situation with Tony. Yes. You know, she is the huge superstar. She is the future hall of famer when you're sitting there looking at Sasha Banks and Tony Storm. So that reminds us still that she is one of the, the best, baddest ever, that she is the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she's just dressed up pretty and just giving advice, that mm-hmm. works too. No, no, and it worked out fine because you talk about the those that have been there for a while, elevating the the newer superstars, the younger talent, so to speak. And that's exactly what you did. Like you said, Christy, that's, you know, she, she almost took that mentor role. It's just unfortunate that what happened afterwards with Charlotte didn't <laughs> kind of mesh yeah. with the, the backstage segment that we saw with, with Sasha. Everything I, is I, better, about- better advice next time, Sasha, yeah. better advice. Yeah. Everything was great about the way they were trying to build Tony until they had her lose like decisively and get beaten by Charlotte. Like yeah. badly, it was great up until then. It's fantastic. Yes, exactly. I thought. I thought. See, there's a way of getting over without going over, and sure. it, that didn't happen. It happened with Liv Morgan. Yes, with her feud on Becky Lynch. 
Mm-hmm. This was like the the great value version of that feud, like that no one <laughs> bothered to get invested in. Yeah, but that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like they were trying to recreate that same thing. Um, And as great as Tony is and really as far as she's come and as ready as she was for that opportunity now, it still um, almost made it glaringly obvious that she isn't as over as Liv. You know, this wasn't Becky versus Liv. There isn't going to be a rematch that everyone's already talking about here. Right. It it wasn't, as someone mentioned tonight, Tony time. (laughs) I know. For those who get the reference, never mind. Anyways, it's, it's all good. <laughs> but, but we did get the uh, the play on words of pie back. So that was fun uh, tonight. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's where all the creative effort went. Uh, no, actually, uh, uh, I, I have to call this out also because we didn't talk about it yet. Um, we had Brock Lesnar backstage with Adam Pierce mm. addressing his million dollar fine. And like, it wasn't a plus delivery by Brock, but it was, I mean, it was, this was solid about Brock talking about, he was happy. The money went to charity. He had time to think he had time to hunt. He hunted a moose. Like, you know, he broke a flip phone. Brock has a flip phone. Brock Brock broke the flip phone. Like this, this was better than I think most people would have expected to do almost something so high concept here. But uh, Christy, what, what did you think of this segment? Well, this was more of Brock having fun with us. Yeah. Right. Um, And I think, too, why are we we're hearing about his personal life all of a sudden? He wants us to know what he does in that time off. You know, we're picturing his home. He's talking about his home now and the the moose head in the home. It's like it really feels like he's kind of opening up. Hmm. Um, And of course, that's what he wants to do as a baby face. That's how he's going to get us all uh, on board and to cheer for him instead of boo him and, and all of that. But I think it sort of goes beyond that. I think he's enjoying uh people getting to know him more and being more of himself really. Yeah. Which is, which is a bit of a change because Brock was such a private person, mm-hmm. you know, where he didn't want so much known about him and, you know, having Paul Heyman speaking for him all the time, he didn't have to be that character, that personality. He just had to be that ass kicker. And now he's getting to show, like I said earlier, that personality. And, and you can see, as you said, he's having fun doing it. And I'm just, Glad that he is calling himself Canadian now. Now he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm from Minnesota and we have been claiming him this whole time. I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Isn't he from one of the Dakotas or something like that? Or I, or I think technically, yeah. I think he was born yeah. and raised in, I believe it was South Dakota. Okay. Um, and then, of course, made his made a name for himself at the U of M. And right. um, what was it? One practice with the Vikings or, or something like that as well. So that's mm. enough for the Minnesotans to claim him. I there guess. you go. There you go. I mean, now I just, he's a man bun. You Canadians can have him. Exactly. <laughs> I just think of all the years of Paul Heyman coming out there and cutting the same promo again and again, while Brock looked bored to be there. And mm-hmm. this has completely turned around my opinion on him because he has become one of the most entertaining things to watch on WWE TV, not for his in-ring ability, but just because he's loose with it. He's, he's having fun. It seems like. Well, yeah. And and loose. That's another thing we haven't seen him be right. You know, I mean, this is just, he, he, maybe he needed a reinvention. Maybe it was time for him to share it up a little bit, you know, and, and show us a different side. It's totally working. No, yeah, it's, it's working for me. I'm I'm enjoying seeing it because uh, no, nobody knew Brock could be this fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the main event tonight: the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos versus the New Day, mm-hmm. determining who is actually the best 
tag team in WWE. Spoiler, the winners were the New Day. But this match got a long time to go. Jimmy, what did you what did you think of this? This triple threat. I, th- I thought the triple threat was well presented. I enjoyed the match. It was entertaining. It was it it, it told stories throughout the match. There was and the big one is it looks like we're heading towards a new day Usos uh match in the future. And I think mm-hmm. it's coming at day one, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, is that the name of the pay-per-view? Because yes. Miz called yes. it January yeah. one, but <laughs> I guess six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's the same day. But uh, no, I enjoyed it very much. And one of the toughest things to do, especially when you have a, a three, tag, three tag teams at once, is trying to maintain some sort of semblance that there are some rules to to this, which uh, we'll get into in a little bit uh, when we talk something else. Um, I, I, I like that they tried at least to... to uh, have some semblance of some rules, but I enjoyed the match. I thought uh, all the teams work hard. I, I love RK bro. At first I was kind of not on board, but uh, like when you talk about having fun, you look at somebody like Randy Orton with, with, with Riddle right now, you can see Randy's having a blast. Yes. You know, with Riddle. So all three teams are viable. All three teams work as champions, regardless of what belts you put on them. And they are all very good. Yeah, and you're and you're right that Randy feels reinvigorated as well for a match like this, uh, a tag team triple threat. I'm always wondering about, like you say, the rules, Jimmy. It just makes me a little uncomfortable again with that suspended disbelief about who can tag and when and who's in. And you mm-hmm. you don't want to take away the opportunity for your team to win, but you also maybe need a break. There just there's a lot that makes me uncomfortable there, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that is is the why and the only why i can really come up with for all of this you know who's the best tag team that went on all night and all of that is that they wanted to sell out staples center and they wanted to put randy orton's name on the tickets right so this was a way of of getting um you know randy to la and and in front of this crowd and um it was it was fine it was Mm -hmm. great it was enjoyable but um i'm more interested in where it's going we could have skipped this step Mm -hmm. Now, Jimmy, while we have you here, mm-hmm. we need verification of this. We we posited this. Uh, it's, it's gossip. It's hearsay okay. uh, uh, on the interwebs. So when you're in a tag team match and the partner is reaching out like this, tag ain't going to happen, underhand, palm facing up, that's mm-hmm. when the actual tag is going to connect. Uh, it appears that sometimes it's, it, it's weird how, how hand positioning seems to make a difference, but... Uh, it doesn't matter as long as you're holding that darn tag rope in the corner. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's all good, regardless of whether your hand is 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 facing your palm is facing up or facing down. I just feel like I started watching for that, specifically <laughs> at live events, and it seemed like every time tag never happened, it was palm down. Ah, see, uh, ah, see, somebody's paying attention. It's kind of like my problem with referees uh-huh. that have a tell. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to get into it, but long story short, <laughs> no, go for it. The, the, the producer, we, when SummerSlam was up here a couple of years ago in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, I was sitting beside our producer, a workshop up here in Canada that we used to do. And I, he thought when they were going into false finishes, he goes, Oh, I thought that was it. And I was like, Nope. And he <laughs> goes, How do you know? I said, I, No, I don't want to tell you. He says, Because you know the finish. I said, No, I don't know the finish. I'm not back there. I don't know. So here comes another really good false finish. He goes, oh, I thought that was it. I went, no. And he says, how do you know? I said, the referee has a tell. And he says, what do you mean he has a tell? I said, well, I see it. I, 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 you probably yeah, don't, yeah, but yeah. I see it. 
And he says, well, what is it? And I said, I don't want to tell you. He says, oh, come on, tell me. I said, I don't want to tell you. He says, so he kept bugging me and I told him. I said, okay, this is what happens. So every time there was a false finish, he says, I can't unsee it now. I said, that's why I didn't want to tell you. So that's why I don't like saying stuff like that. No, I understand. That. I understand. You got to preserve it. You got to preserve yeah. it. Yep. And, and we all did back in the day, I think. <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes I watch back my old matches and I go, oh my goodness. But anyway. We're in this weird era and this isn't just immune to wrestling. You know, uh, we've talked about in this show when you look at uh, stuff like, you know, when Breaking Bad was on the air. I've talked about it uh, with my current obsession, Yellow Jackets. We see it with wrestling. Audiences want to believe they're smarter or as smart as the people making the series. And it's become this thing that we're, I mean, like I've said, the weirdest thing about professional wrestling fandom is we're all trying to just get inside Vince McMahon's head and figure out, you know, how he or the powers that be are booking these things because we want to feel like we know, we like, we don't want to be spoiled, but we also want to feel like we know where things are going to lead. And we often disappoint ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to feel smart and we want to be right. So we want to guess everything um, and and crap on everything because it should have been the way that we thought it was. And yes. um, that is the era of social media. Yeah, unfortunately, or, or anti-social media, as some people like to refer to it. Oh, I like I like that. Oh, absolutely. Just remember what it was like back in the day with no internet to actually be surprised by things when they happened. Oh my goodness! You used to have to actually get a newsletter in the mail and all that. So by the time that showed up, it's too late. Anyway, or call a nine hundred <laughs> number and then Mean Gene would oh, yeah. uh, yes. talk your ear off you know, <laughs> about vague rumors and speculation. Yes. Yeah. Um. So hopping over to Rampage tonight. Mm -hmm. Speaking of tag team matches, we opened with the Lucha Brothers versus FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Um, Christy, what did you think? What did you think of this uh, to open up Rampage? You know, I I think that when they saw what WWE had as their main event, they probably wish that they would have saved this one for their main event so that we weren't going over <laughs> right from one tag match to another six man, everybody all together, another tag match. Um, that being said, this is another one where we knew it was going to be good. It got a lot of time. A yeah. lot, a lot of time. And and Rampage is a short show. It's just an hour. But having this super long uh, opening match is starting to feel very formulaic. The whole show is starting to feel very, um, like we can guess it, right? Four segments, four matches. There's going to be backstages that that are in the, when we come in and out of a segment, we're going to see a backstage promo. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Mark Henry is always there with whoever in the, is in the main event in two little boxes. And this super long tag match to kick off the show is just kind of part of what's starting to feel tired about Rampage already. Mm -hmm. And that just concerns me. That being said, if you're going to offer up something that could be tired, uh, I think FTR, you know, versus uh, Ray and Penta is the way to um, maybe remedy that a little bit. But it was long. It was mm -hmm. long. No, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, like we complain about, you talk about formulaic, we complain about Raw starting off with a long promo segment. Even tonight's SmackDown started off with a long promo segment yeah. and how formulaic that has been and, and gotten over the years. Again, with Rampage. Uh, and again, to all those out there, I, I, I'm not taking shots at AEW. I want them to succeed. I, I was entertained by the match, but at the same time, I saw the holes. Yeah. Or the little problems with the match, especially the biggest thing with tag matches in AEW in general, I have are with the enforcement or lack thereof of tag team rules. There is too much going on. Everybody's gonna trying to get their cowboy in yeah, all over, you know, 
all the time, you know, tag matches are supposed to tell a story. They're supposed to progress. And, and if you're, and I'm not putting all the blame on the referees because the talent has to not throw the referee under the bus by doing what they do as well. But when there's no rules involved and when you're presenting yourself as, Oh, listen, we're more pro wrestling than the sports entertainment guys. No, you're not. When you're not in, enforcing any rules, like guys are outside the ring for way too long. Tag, you're supposed to have a five count to to make a, a clean tag, and you can kind of fudge the number a little bit by counting a sure. little slow. Starting this, starting the count. When you're not counting at all, and guys are in there like all four guys, it, just call it a Texas tornado match or an AEW tornado match, and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. I love to hear your takes, Jimmy. Man, I feel like I'm not going to be able to unsee that stuff now that you've pointed it out. <laughs> oh. It's, it's, but I love it. I'm all about the rules. I like it's, it. It's unfortunate being being a former ref. I, you know, and I get it. A lot of their fans uh, don't don't mind it. Yeah, they just want to see all these great moves and stuff like that. But as as I've said many times before, and I've heard this from the from the great Rip Rogers, he used to say back in the day in pro wrestling, we don't sell motion, we sell emotion. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of fans are too caught up with what they're seeing as opposed to getting in, you know, what they're feeling inside, in my opinion, anyway. Then that makes sense. And, and Christy, to your point, I think, you know, with Raw and SmackDown, where you've got uh, three hours and two hours, respectively, even with Dynamite at two hours, when you've got a one-hour show, I feel that way when watching, you know, regular TV, an hour-long drama or series. It's like, I, I spend an hour with you every week. Let's move the story along. Let's get more scenes. Unless this is a big set piece, we don't need to go half the episode just with one sequence of events. Right. Yeah, exactly. Probably why I don't watch a lot of scripted stuff either. Yeah. No, it's tough because we're in this auteur era and everybody, it's it's actually very similar to, I think, AEW sometimes where just everybody wants to get it in and showcase mm -hmm. how damn talented they are, which is fantastic from a pure wrestling point of view. It doesn't always make for the best TV. There you go. Right. And, 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 and again, you're, you want to expand your audience as well as they're doing you still want to expand your audience. You want to grow your audience. When you're catering just to one specific core audience, then you're not growing your audience. And I think that's the trap they're yeah. falling into right now because th those that have bought in have bought in. And those are the people yeah. that it doesn't matter what you do, they're going to love what you do. Now it's time yeah. to get the others. You know, you could still do that stuff, but, you know, try to expand the your audience by, by doing other stuff as well. There are half a million people that would gladly tune into AEW every week if it was just an hour of Kenny Omega doing his Steve Urkel voice. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, Pretty much. They, need, yeah. they need to expand the audience beyond that. And um, mm -hmm. uh, so the Lucha Brothers won that opening match. And again, really good match. It, just, it seemed like it took up a lot of uh, time in the episode. I, I felt like the bookends between the open error and the main event, I mean, definitely got to go. And uh, we kind of got more condensed matches with uh, the six-woman tag, Ruby Soho, Tay Conti, Anna Jay versus Nyla Rose, the Bunny and Penelope before. Now, this ended with uh, Brass Knuckles, mm -hmm. yeah. the Bunny. Uh, the Bunny, Nyla, and Penelope getting the win. Um, I mean, this was just kind of placeholder towards the TBS final that we have coming up, uh, which is still a little bit off. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and again, there's a way to do these kind of matches where everyone can come out looking strong. Tay Conti got her butt whooped yeah. in this. Even Anna Jay got a little bit of offense in. She barely got any time in the match. Um, you know, and we are also hungry to see her in action after she was gone for so long and she got just a little bit of action and then she had to take the pin. Um, you mm. know, they came out of it looking like, like a couple of jobbers and that's definitely not what they are. Um, you know, and, and Penelope and the bunny, they did what they do. They're great together, uh, yeah. but it's more of what we've, the position that the job they've been given before they always understand the assignment they're always given the same assignment they understand it that's what we kind of saw tonight but yeah this this felt unimportant and it shouldn't have no it, again with this match it fell into the same uh, trouble that the previous tag match had with the guys it, again with the too much trying to get fit into this match without it having a meaning to it and one of the other things, and again, I hate to bring it back to the referees. One of the things that they tend to do too much, especially in tag matches there, is referee distractions. And they don't even do it in a way where the referees are distracted uh, creatively by the heels. The heel, when the heel, when the referee gets distracted, it is the heels manipulating the referee so that they can cheat behind the referee's back. When it seems like it's just like, oh, look over there, a shiny nickel, and the referee goes over here and just, let me just stand, <laughs> over, let me stand over here with my back to the action so that I don't see what happens for no rhyme or reason. It's just like, you know, go stand over there. Somebody pops up. Okay, I get it. But you're over there for three and a half minutes while all this stuff's going on behind you. Come on. So it, it's driving me insane anyways. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> No, Jimmy, I think about that a lot as I watch the referees. Like, they're out there working their butts off. They're the ones enforcing the rules. And then half the time they're used as the scapegoat and end up looking like a silly, like like the joke, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because they were used as this distraction angle. And I think that must be very difficult. Uh, yeah, no. There's a way to distract like the referee, like I said, without making the referee look like they're wearing dark glasses and, and, a, and a tapping stick. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. just, it, it feels lazy to me. The, the way they're distracting and they're doing it way too often now. now that you say this though i kind of want to see mjf out there with a dollar bill on a fishing line you know and just <laughs> taunting away oh if he doesn't <laughs> do it i'll be hot <laughs> <laughs> well but you're right though and distracting the ref isn't the only thing that there's too much of there's too many low blows there's too many yeah. knees as finishers there are a lot of times where it feels like what do they say on the indies i've stood around in a million indie shows and heard promoters go watch the match before you watch every other match don't do the same stuff it feels like that's what's happening a lot at aew like watch the match before you yep no, totally agree. And you mentioned, uh, I guess we'll talk about it soon. Never mind. I'll wait. I will no. wait. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so, um, backstage, FTR attacked uh, Sting and Darby Allen. Mm -hmm. Again, first slow blow of the night. One of, one of what, three That's, that we were going to see. Uh, exactly what I was, <clears throat> you're reading my mind here, Chrissy. You're reading my mind. It's like, okay, <laughs> like when I saw it, I said, okay, there's some heat. Out of boy Tully. You know, like, you know. Yeah. So what everybody wants to talk about tonight, not since Rocky Mavia have we had a new generation of wrestling talents <laughs> as touted as tonight as Hook's debut on mm -hmm. AEW. Now, Hook is legit Taz's son. Mm -hmm. He had a match against Fuego del Sol. Uh, Jimmy, to you first, what did you think of Hook's debut in the ring? 
I thought he showed a lot of promise. Obviously, he's very technically sound. Uh, you better be being Taz's son, you know. And uh, but um, you know, again, it's the little things. Um, a little too. Uh, at one point, he did something where he again. Uh, this isn't against the referee. This is where he went up to the referee and he got in his face and stuff like. You don't need to do that in your debut match. You know, show your show your 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 facial expressions to the camera. Show it to the guy, your opponent. Uh, he was dominant. He did look good. Again, there was a lot of promise there. Um, I think. It, uh, well, I think maybe maybe went a little longer than I think it needed to be. If you really want to put him over strong, but at the same time, you don't want uh, again. You, it's at the expense of your opponent too. For your Gasol. So you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's six and one half and does the other, but he does look like he has a lot of promise. I, I just want to hear him on the stick, really cut a promo now, see if he's able to do that. Because we all know Taz can talk. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I agree. He did show a little bit of his greenness, you know, especially at the beginning, seeming very rushed and all that. But once he seemed to calm down a little bit and the getting in the ref's face, that was unnecessary. But once he seemed to calm down a little bit, he does come across as dominant more than anything. Mm -hmm. And for someone like him, it's not like he has some, um, you know, opposing size or anything like that. So the fact that he seems so strong for a first bout out there bodes very well for him. I, too, can't wait to hear what he has to say when he gets on the microphone finally. Um, and, you know, I think Fuego del Sol is going to get a lot of credit for uh, really helping Hook look strong in this match. Right. So I hope that he gets rewarded, too. I'm sure he will on, on Dark or somewhere else. But um, this was a strong showing for Hook. Mm-hmm. And also, I think for a lot of the people out there who aren't hair people, I was going to say for all the men, but I'm not trying to stereotype. Uh, I know I was watching with my husband tonight. And he was like, how does he get his hair to do that? I'm like, just a little hairspray, a little back come in, you know. Uh, and he looks like he has very fine hair. Like it's it's a it's a Luke, and it lasted throughout the whole match. Oh, that was right. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that what we were waiting on pins and needles to see for Hook's debut? <laughs> with the hair hold up? Hey, I doesn't think? doesn't your husband watch Suits? I mean, like uh, Harvey Specter, <laughs> his hair didn't. And never mind. No, no his hair was so good. good. I don't want to give him any style ideas. Oh so. no. <laughs> no, he looked like he could be the the bad boy member of a K-pop group uh, with that hair. It oh. was uh, on point. It was very oh. very good tonight. Um, now I will say uh, two things. So I am our Buck ninety nine super chat pointing out Hook fans are calling themselves Hookers on AEW YouTube. <laughs> I was worried based on the way he sort of became a meme that this was going to be like the Dogecoin of professional wrestling tonight. Mm-hmm. And I have to say he absolutely delivered um in his performance if i were to be a little critical sometimes it looked almost a little like too rehearsed what they were doing tonight but when it worked it really worked it was a very very fluid match i thought it was a very very good debut Mm -hmm. you know fuego absolutely made him look like a million bucks exactly you need the right opponent and and i think in this instance fuego was the right opponent for for hook yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I didn't hear any reference to him being Taz's son on the mic. I know we all know that, but mm. um, unless I missed it, I think it's important to notice, too, that they're not pushing that or anymore, mm. at least. I think yeah. they referred to him as just Team Taz, I think. That's all I heard. Mm. But you're right. I didn't hear any anything like, oh, Taz's son debuting. Yeah, hoping that we'll forget that for uh, whatever they have planned <laughs> mm. in the future, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe needs to maybe needs to lose that necklace because that could be an issue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From a safety I thought standpoint, thought about that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
just another thing that showed a little lack of, of experience. You know, all it's going to take is one time for him to get yeah. choked out by that. And we're never going to see the necklace. Again. Exactly. Seriously. Uh, Azatez, $2 Australian saying, Hey guys, hi, Jimmy thoughts on the day one pay-per-view. Uh, Jimmy, do you first, uh, working on new year's day. How, how do you think that's going over? Uh, well, it depends on what happens on new year's Eve. I think for a lot sure. of the talent, but uh, uh, I is this is I'm not sure yet the time of this pay per view is it in the evening or is it going to be during the day? That's a good question. I see, do not see, know because oh, it is it is New Year's Day and everybody's going to be home. It might be, but there's a lot of um, probably some football going on that day as well. I, uh, uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing the pay per view during the day just to, just to be a little different, you know, and everybody can just kind of hang out maybe. Yeah, but but I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm inter I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Brock and uh, and uh, Roman Reigns. I'm curious to see what happens, uh, you know, with the tag matches as well. And and yeah, uh, it, it looks like an interesting pay per view. I just wouldn't mind seeing it in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, change. no, I think that's a yeah, I think that's a good idea, Jimmy. If any day, New Year's Day would be the time to do that for sure. Um, and also, as far as them working New Year's Day, um, mm. I've got a lot of sympathy for that too. But they've had a lot of time off, and you got to remember these are people who were used to being on the road 300 days a year, including probably a lot of New Year's Eves, right? Yep. Jimmy knows Cheers. until the yep. last couple of years, so I'm sure they're okay with it this year. Well, also, the fact mm. that it is shaping up to be such a great pay per view, it's been a long time since I felt like. Oh, I care about that. Oh, what day is that going to be? Oh, yeah, putting that mm -hmm. on the calendar. That's what I'll be yeah. doing New Year's Day, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it'll be something different. It could be a lot of fun. Um, so, of course, Hook won that match. And then uh, we had the buildup tonight, the best friends, uh, and then the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Uh, before the match tonight with Adam Cole and Wheeler Yuta, that was in the main event. Um, Christy, what did you think of this uh, main eventing the show tonight? Well, the promo that we got beforehand, um, am I reading too much into this or did we see some discourse between Yuta and Trent? Are we thinking that maybe Trent is going to um, find himself to be too good now for the best friends and thinking mm -hmm. that maybe he should have a, a singles run now? Oh, um, he just looks, he's got a new look. He looks better than ever. It's a, it's just a different vibe that I feel he's trying to give us. And I was really interested in that. It, it was almost um, a distraction because I was like, oh, is that where we're going? Is that the the, the real story here is, is Trent? Um, so that took it, you know, took a little away from me. And again, it's just another how many tag matches had we already seen tonight? You know, they, they have to know everybody's watching SmackDown and Rampage as well. And mm -hmm. um, with all the guys out there, wasn't a tag match, but it still felt all the same. All those guys out there all getting their stuff in mm -hmm. again. <laughs> yeah. Again, and more that, knees, it, more low blows, more breath distraction. That was the, that's what bothered me. I, I know we'll get to the ending, uh, like you said, Christy. Another low blow, and and it just we saw uh, we saw one earlier in the evening, which made the second one feel uh, so less important. I don't less. I, I don't know, invested in. But you're right. There's just too many people outside the ring. A lot. On, on 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 these shows and the, the focus should be what is going on in the ring and the story that the, that the talent in the ring is trying to tell with all this stuff going on on the outside there's just too much going on and in fact um you know it's, it's it, very interesting you you i think you put a very fine point on that because um you know adam cole winning tonight i think adam cole and orange cassidy uh 
in particular, like are, are the standout members of their factions, right? And even Cypher was Adam Cole versus Yuta, and that was used to sort of move the faction story along to get us like Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy on the line. I mean, tonight with the low blow, obviously they're, they're building up something uh, between them. But this reminds me of like the era in hip hop when it's like every rapper had to have like his, his posse uh, like like uh, Tupac had to have the outlaws with him on everything and Biggie had to have Junior Mafia and it was like I just want to hear the guy that I'm here to hear I don't need eight other verses by people whose names I can't even keep straight mm-hmm. or as I like to refer to it we all know who KC was but we don't know who the Sunshine Man was oh, KC yeah. was the star of the show you know what I mean and yeah. here here every like he's like we said all night everybody's trying to get their stuff in Everybody yeah. wants to, to, to one up everybody. And at times even the referees are trying to get their stuff in, which again, a, a personal uh, thing with me that I don't like to see, but anyways. No, I understand it. Um, <sighs> Adam Cole's booking in AEW still perplexes me. This guy had just an NXT really broken free from the shadow of undisputed era was really a, a single star who was getting in some feuds and and not suffering from, from having to share the spotlight, right? And now he goes over to AEW and it just feels like with Bobby Fish and now with Kyle O'Reilly's contract uh, coming up, I just feel like they're just recreating that over there. And um, again, I feel like this really appeals to the half a million people that will watch anything AEW does, but I don't feel like it's giving him the standout feuds that he could be having if they were more one-on-one. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Christy. It no. just, it just like everybody made the comparison, especially when he was in in NXT. Everybody saying, "Look at Adam Cole has the potential to be the second coming of a Shawn Michaels. He was that good in the ring and on the mic. He could, he can do it all." And that was the big comparison that everybody made. And then when we went to AEW, everybody was thinking, "Oh, here's this opportunity to shine," but he's been kind of lost. <laughs> lost in this group and and i like adam cole personally and professionally yeah good dude but it, it feels like now he's he, he, this cheap comedy that he's, that he's trying to put out there the cheap one-liners and like like a bad don rickles uh, yeah uh, uh, from from the old d martin roast you know what i mean trying to take these shots that are they're just not working yeah, and you know, I wonder if Tony is starting to realize that because he, in an interview or something this week, was talking about how great Adam is and calling Adam, you know, one of his big future stars, one of his biggest signings. But at the same time, that's not what we've seen, how we've seen him be booked. And now that they've had all these big debuts with the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and all of that, now we just go, oh, Adam Cole didn't get all of that. So yeah. is he is he lesser? He just feels Adam feels lesser than when you watch this show and we know that he's not. Yeah. Uh I mean, Jimmy, did anyone ever say in your time in WWE, uh, yes, HBK, huge single star, would have been 10 times bigger if we surrounded him with three Genetis. Uh, I didn't hear that personally, <laughs> whether it was discussed in the back rooms. Uh my best guess would be no. But uh, the, the best thing about it, too, is when, when he did finally split from Janetti, nobody saw it coming. Yeah. No one. That was so out of the blue, you know. And what I'd like to see, I think as, as much as everybody's talking about MJF and CM Punk right now, and yes, we got some magic on the mic between these two and, and everybody wants to see this go off. Can you imagine is once this MJF and CM Punk thing is done, 
Adam Cole tries to out heal MJF. And yeah. if that makes any, if, if, if you yeah. get what I'm trying to say here, where you think you're the baddest man on the planet here, you think you're, you're the nastiest person alive. You don't know nasty. I could show you nasty. And, and, and MJF could like the comparison with MJF is Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper eventually became a big, big baby face. Maybe that yeah. would, I don't want to do it too early, obviously, because MJF as a young, he's as young as he is, has a long future as a great heel. Mm-hmm. You know, I also wonder with Adam Cole if it's like the Adam Sandler problem, where if he does something on his own, you can really see his range. But when he just wants to hang out with his friends and have a good time, mm-hmm. it's very like kind of just like it's a it's a low ceiling on that. You know, it's a good comparison. No, no, I, that really makes a lot of sense. So putting it that way makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly having fun, but I just I feel like. When you talk about someone who's like just not living up to their potential in AEW, like he's number one on my list. Yeah, it, it's almost it's almost like he feels content just hanging out with the with his buddies. Yeah, a, maybe yeah. it's that he feels like he has freedom now, and yeah. so he it hasn't occurred to him yet that he's being held down or that he's being poorly booked because he feels like he has freedom and choices, and he's mm-hmm. probably happy, and you know he's he's there now with his girl and his friends, and um maybe he just hasn't quite noticed yet that mm-hmm. things aren't shaping up the way they should for a great future for him. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Callens 499 pointing out that Hook doesn't need to talk. Millie Vanilli wasn't vocal, but sold like a champ. Yeah, look how that ended. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Nothing nothing more to be said at this time. Yes, I get it. But oh my goodness. If only they could have kept their mouth shut. I mean, literally. Um, Cute family, though, Jax. Yes. Yes. Uh, So there you have it. Uh, Descend into chaos tonight. Orange Cassidy got kicked in the nuts. Adam Cole won the match. But he wasn't the only one, so it's okay. He's in good company. You know what would have made me laugh? If if the Young Bucks had held Orange Cassidy out like that, and Adam Cole would have put his hands in his pockets before kicking Orange Cassidy, then it makes it at least a little different from the one that they hit Sting with earlier, that Tully hit Sting with earlier. But, uh, you know. Uh, I digress. <laughs> no, it's just, it's strange. And the weird thing is every week I hear such praise for what they do on AEW uh, dark and elevation and the stuff they put on streaming and whatnot. And I just feel like with rampage, sometimes um, they almost don't want to advance the story too much, but they want to give the fans some real content, but they're not giving them the a content because especially now with dynamite moving to TBS, they really want to save that. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's a tough position, especially with these pre-taped shows, because right. you completely lose the element of surprise. If they had been live tonight, you can bet probably an additional few hundred thousand people would have been tuning in wondering like, is Johnny Gargano or Kyle O'Reilly going to show up, mm-hmm. you know, but being taped, we knew nothing was happening tonight. Right. Yeah. Cause that yeah. thought did cross my mind for a second. I was like, Oh, well, we're going to see Kyle or Johnny in the stands. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh no, that's no, no. timing. Yeah. Sure. But Winter is coming next week should be big. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure there'll be surprises. <sighs> well, we made it through. Two wrestling shows covered in just a little over an hour. There you go. Uh, Christy, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This has been a lot of fun. We will definitely have to do this again. Uh, Jimmy, where can people find you 
on the internet? Oh, on the internet, uh, very easy. At Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, at Real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram. I do my weekdays, five days a week. I do my ref and rants where I just yeah. do a minute video where I rant about whatever is uh, the topic of the day that's on my mind. And I try to have a little bit of fun with it. I also have my ref and rant t-shirts out at prowrestlingtees.com. So if you're looking for a gift for Christmas, hey, and you can hit hit up one of those shirts or maybe even a, a cameo. I'm on cameo as well. If you feel like uh, you need you need something arbitrated, I'll put on the ref shirt for you and, and, and do it there. <laughs> Jimmy, I just want to see you go around now. I think uh, you should just be, uh, you know, I know it's to borrow from another sport, like yellow carding and red carding people in professional wrestling for their behavior. I want, oh my God, that would be awesome. How about, how about throwing a flag? Yes. Yes, flags, absolutely. A yellow flag just comes flying out of nowhere. Everybody stops and goes, what? No, no. What? Oh, and then is Jimmy here? Have the referee, uh, you know, like, hey, mm, mm, you know, whatever the, the call may be, you know? <laughs> Uh, Chrissy, you're, uh, Chrissy reports that. on Twitter. What are, what are you working on? Where can people find your stuff? I am. Well, I have so enjoyed hearing you guys' thoughts tonight. And I always love uh, for everybody out there to reach out to me. Let me know what they think about what's going on in the world of pro wrestling and reality TV. You can hit me up anytime at Christy Reports and check out my YouTube channel, Christy Reports. I also do some fun things over on ad-free shows. We just had Jimmy Corderas on for a uh, Q&A with our top guys. So if you want to come and pick the brain of some of the hot stars, you can check that out. And um, after 83 weeks, every Thursday night, we uh, welcome Eric Bischoff on the 83 Weeks YouTube channel to break down the latest episode of 83 weeks and we get to pick his brain and uh, take him to task on some fun stuff. So I hope everybody will join us there as well. Uh, everyone, you can find me online at Glenn Rubenstein. And so people know, I talked about this a couple of days ago. It looks like uh, some sort of Yellow Jackets podcast is going to be happening because I am hooked on this show. And there are other people in the wrestling community that have been watching it as well. So conversations have been happening. And I think we're going to uh, batch recap. Uh, have you been watching it, Christy? No, but I have a question. Have yeah. you seen, um, uh, was it Harvard Gerv that was going to be on? He was going to play a bartender. One of the former Bollywood boys mm. um, is, is doing some acting now when they're back, they're based in Canada and he has a cameo mm. on the show, but I'm not sure if it's aired yet. Yeah. So keep an eye out for him. I think he said he plays a bartender. It may have been oh. an episode two. I'll have to go back. And oh, I'm going to go. T I'm texting him yeah. right now. I'm going to find out. Uh. Yeah, yeah, go look for him. He was really excited about that. So I'm yeah. sure he would love to, to be on and be part of the show, too. It's a hell of a show. If you want to watch a girls soccer team in the 90s, uh, potentially uh, like turning to cannibalism in the Canadian wilderness, Yellow Jackets <laughs> is your show. And speaking so, of Gerb and his brother Harv, yeah. you know, if you're looking to book a great tag team out there, guys, there you go. The Bollywood boys are. Oh, yeah, they're incredible. They're awesome. Very cool. Well, have a great weekend, everyone. We will catch you back next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.